That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Okay, alright Are everybody putting on their serious podcast face? Super serious we could just get right into it today because I think uh, we have something important to talk about. We have a guest that we will introduce more formally in a second. It's Abigail DeVoe from the Vinyl Monday uh, series, famous on my social media. Anyhow, <laughs> should be famous on your social media as well. Hello. Thank you for, Thank you for having me back. This is like my first spot on Losing My Opinion was like a top two or three most fun podcast appearance because... It, the beauty of the format of the show is I don't know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> that's fair. No, you don't. That's fair. Well, we hope to be number one after today. I'll tell you that. Now that's in the back of I my mean, mind. I mean, it'll be really tough to top interviewing B.B. Buell, but I think we can get up there. <laughs> I, I, well, now that you've said it, I know why we're number two. <laughs> so I don't want to start off on such a somber note, but I, 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 when I actually, I thought of you almost immediately uh, when I heard this news that uh, Wayne Kramer has passed away of the MC5. Mm. And I figured that would be, uh, we have to start off by talking about it. I mean, you are in, <laughs> in my life, probably one of the MC5 authorities. There aren't many in my life. So uh, I figured it would be good to get your take on his legacy and your initial reaction. I mean, for starters, there aren't many MC5 authorities left. For heaven's sakes, most of the original fans are dead. Um, so it's really up to the younger fans to keep that going. And um, to a younger fan like myself, Wayne was such an important figure because he was really the number one champion of the MC5's legacy. Like, I may not agree with everything that happened with a true testimonial. I don't think a lot of us fans do. But um, he still carried forward the energy and the message uh, of the band, which is really all about doing it yourself, about getting back up again when you get knocked down and standing for what you believe in. Um, he carried all of that through all mm. of his career, um, overcame so much. I've uh, just heard so many good things about him through all of these tributes that I've seen on social media. And it's really comforting to see so many tributes because... Sometimes I feel like the only fan, but just seeing this outpouring of it's just been wonderful. You can tell by the way people are talking about him too. Like sometimes when, when someone passes away, it's like um, people mm -hmm. focus on the legacy, you know, and then you're not really sure of the, of the person. But in this case, people are doing both. You know, they're, they're talking about the quality of the character and then also, you know, what he did artistically, which is, is very telling. Yeah, it's it's been a weird few days for sure. Not only have I been mourning the loss of one of my heroes, I've been mourning the loss of a of a community. Like I'm never going to get mm. to go to an MC5 reunion gig, and I've never mm. been under one roof of one roof full of MC5 fans. I've never gotten to do that, and now I never will. So again, seeing this great wave of of support and memory on social media that's sort of not really filling the void but it's kind of patching it up 
And I think it probably, I mean, this is not at all what you wanted, but it is a, something positive that, that comes out of it is um, then his name is sort of more present. Obviously, it's a shame that you have to die to be more recognized and appreciated when you're an artist like that. But um, I think I had friends asking me, wait, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the question, right? You, you ask that question and then comes kick out the jams and everything else. And so that's the one beautiful thing that yeah, comes I mean, out of it. Hopefully now there will be more people to tell the MC5 story because I will tell anyone who will listen, literally anyone. Um, my friends joke about like, if I'm at a party and I've had a few drinks, I start showing people photos of the MC5 on my phone and telling them about all this really cool stuff they did and how cool it was that they did it in 1968. Oh, what was it? And that's, I guess that's the, that's the, the last thing I want to say about this because I don't, I, yeah. you, we could talk about this the entire episode. You are already did for half <laughs> of our last episode, but I think like, why did you initially gravitate towards them? You know, for our listeners who were like, oh, who's this guy? What, what initially drew you to that band? Man, I think it's sonically I'm drawn towards rawness and just an absolute assault of sound. And that was the MC5. But I really admired that these were young men all around my age at the height of their career. Actually younger. No, Wayne was younger. He was like 22 when Kick Out the Jams came out. Rob had just turned 25 or 24 or something. That's that's around my age. Mm. Um, To see these five young men just going so hard about something they really believed in when authenticity is becoming more and more scarce in, you know, the world that we're living in. It just absolutely captivated me. It's hard not to be swayed by a display of passion like that. I've I've always viewed them as sort of a, um, and you might disagree with this, but as, as sort of a yin yang situation with the Stooges. I was thinking about you know, the Stooges. Like, yeah. like Springsteen, Springsteen had some speech once where he was talking about Warren Zevon and Jackson Brown and looking at them as like Cain and Abel. And I think there's sort of a similar uh, situation going on with, you know, the vibe of the Stooges, the vibe of the MC5, where it's like, sonically, it's not wildly different, but there's this like sort of darkness and and a little bit of nihilism (laughs) that pervades the Stooges, which I love. But the MC5, there's something else that's going on there that is um, like, if you could be brutal and altruistic at the same time, like... That's what it. That's what that sound is like. Exactly, and I mean, there would be no Stooges without the MC Five. Danny Fields went out to Detroit to recruit the Five, and he, he ended up with the Stooges. And look what happened with the Stooges, and what happened with the Five. Um, the last song on the last record, High Time, the last sung line of uh, Skunk, is "You know, you ain't really seen nothing yet." So they really. Even at the bitter end, they were casting their gaze out to the future, and there's something beautiful about that. That's great. There it is, folks. There's our tagline. I want. I wanted a, a sort of an, an an Abbey obituary. So that's that was a I, eulogy. I think fit, fitting. Yeah, eulogy. Um, yeah. All right. Let's yeah. Let's dive. Let's dive right in today. Without any uh, further delay here, this is indeed the Losing My Opinion podcast. I am two-time COVID award-winning. No, I won the award and then I threw it back at him. <laughs> Conquered this shit. Uh, indie artist Niagara Moon, aka Tom Sirwin. Mm, I am uh, three-time COVID award-winning indie artist Thin Lear, aka Matt Longo, aka I don't know 
what this is doing to my brand <laughs> after this many times, but I hope this is the last one for a for little a bit. Because I started Until to feel next like a winter. science experiment here. Uh, and on this podcast, uh, we talk about music, we show each other songs, we surprise each other, in fact. <gasps> uh, the other person, or people, in this case, we've got a group going today. We don't, nobody knows what to expect. We're all coming in blind. We have a very special returning guest today, returning mm-hmm. champion. Uh, you know her from her YouTube channel, at Abigail Devo. She does not just album reviews with her Vinyl Monday series, but offers all sorts of insights on classic music, lovely video essays. The depth and breadth of what she covers puts this goddamn podcast to shame. <laughs> yeah, right, right. yeah this is, we can only aspire. Uh, yeah. Abby, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you so much. I mean, most of that was far too high a compliment for a non-musician who talks about music, but hey. thank you. I, th- I think you have less bias. I think it works yeah, in your favor. Yeah, this is just a bunch of guys complaining. We're, we're too is, in it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, it means I miss all of the technical stuff, which, I... not to spoil anything, but it's going to screw me next week. What are you doing? What are you doing? A prog record? Hey, not to spoil. Keep it secret. Oh, you don't want to give it away. I can't really I'm give sorry, it sorry, away, but it's a total first for Vinyl Monday. I've ventured completely out of rock music. Wow. All right. right. Yeah, somebody else is joining the jazz train. That's what that sounds like. But no no spoilers. Very pleased to have you back on. Very excited to talk with both of you today. Do you have a fun one or is it? I got a fun uh, one. Yeah. Okay. You know, I got a game, as a matter of fact. And Longo, you've played this game before. Uh, Abby, you're, uh, you're joining for the first time here. But I occasionally like to play a game called Guilty or Not Guilty. Yay. I'm glad this is back. We need to make judgments? I'm really good at that. You do. Yes, yeah. you are going to judge me hard today, because what we're doing... And you, yeah, you're judging Thomas, Yeah, which is the yeah. best kind of judgment. Because <laughs> I got it coming, I guess. Uh, I got some songs here that I like. I enjoy these. And it's up to y'all to decide whether they should be considered a guilty pleasure or not. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I still have not forgotten... That goddamn song. Hey, uh, what's it called? Ariel. That's oh, a great fucking song. Mama, that song is, it just gets in your in your noggin. Dean Friedman forever. Whew. I'm lost, but I'm sure it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it is. You it's gotta great... listen to it. You will not forget this song. I think you'd like yeah. it. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's just, just like, objectively you know, ridiculous. It's, it's just awesome. Is what I'm gathering. Yes. <laughs> Ridiculously great. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a MacArthur Park situation. <laughs> yeah, right. no, no Dean Friedman today, but um, I got I got the good selection for you here. I got four tracks. I'm gonna rattle off. You decide if I'm guilty or not. Okay, we'll let the jury make the verdict. So plowing right in here, we are going Italian for this first pick. It's not Paolo Conte. Oh, okay, this could have right. just Jeez been an all Louise. Paolo Conte episode. Paolo Conte podcast. He brings this guy in every week. He's so fucking good. He's good. good. That, he's, he's really, really good. all that I listen to these days, but no, I'm, I'm holding off today. Uh, we're going to go back to Lucio Battisti. I showed back you one. I don't remember this name. <laughs> I showed you one song by him uh, back okay. in like August or whatever. But he's a Italian singer songwriter, you know, the 70s. You could have done like a Dewey Cox walk hard deal with this guy it's like he started in the late 60s each album depending on the year it comes out it's like okay he's clearly following these trends that are going on in america you know but he's recording and singing in italian but it's like oh clearly this is this era oh he's inspired by this artist now you know in a way it's a little bit derivative but sonic chameleon Mm -hmm. sort of yeah just like 
it when you don't understand the lyrics and you have no cultural context for an artist, particularly from the seventies, you listen to them and you're like, oh yeah, you're doing this because this was popular now. What's the year? Yep, that checks out. Seventy seven. Like you have this kind of beat going on. Uh, just he's he's a talented guy. I like a lot of his stuff, but just he's very. He's like a zeitgeist surfer. I, I can only imagine he was very mainstream. Okay. Not not a ton of experimentation. He's got a song from 1980. Uh, it's called Arriva Derci a Questa Sera from the album Una Giornata Ugiosa. I don't fucking know Italian. <laughs> uh, the song is, just think of the song as Arriva Derci. Okay. That's easy to remember. Uh, okay. 1980, you can tell right away it's, it's a 1980 deal. Like I said, it's just, it's a bubblegummy pop song. The, the piano sounds like Journey. Uh, I don't understand the lyrics. They're probably, you know, frivolous, but I really rock out to this song. This is a fun, this is a fun song. And I'm wondering if both of you are going to feel equally enthusiastic or, you know, if it's a little tacky for me to be listening to something so dated that I have no context for just because I, you know, I'm obsessed with the, these pop music trends. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. What's the context under which you listen to this? Just, you like I at like the gym? it and play it in different settings. Oh, yeah, it could, it could work at the gym for sure, yeah. Keep that in mind. Does this love will keep us together? It's, it's all those cliches. I kind of can't argue with that baseline though, I will say. Abby doesn't look impressed by this. Yeah, I think we get the. I think we understand that. Not guilty. You gotta wait for the chorus, man. I think we understand that song pretty well. Abby, what are your... I can't believe this is real. (laughs) (laughs) So I promise this is going somewhere. I've been having very vivid dreams lately. And Mm -hmm. most of them take place in places that I've been to before. Now, my other hobby that isn't the one that's taken over my life, vinyl collecting, is sewing. There is this fabric salvage place in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, like off the highway. Um, it's kind of dingy. There, It's absolutely not organized in any way. Just looks like a bomb went off consistently, but that's how you know there's good stuff there. Um, where I'm going with this is 
that place has been stuck in time for 40 years, and that song felt like the bizarre dream Italian <laughs> realm version of that store <laughs> specifically. Hell yeah. yeah. It does feel like time travel. I don't know how, I, how I'm supposed to feel about it. Did you like it or was it disturbing to you for that reason? What year did you say that came out? 80. Okay. Because like I heard Journey and I heard Fast Times at Ridgemont High soundtrack Jackson Brown and it was disorienting. Mm. Um, Little Jackson Brown in there. Uh, Somebody's Baby. Yes. That specifically. That oh, yeah. There's this like. I love yes. that song. I don't know if it's a keys part in that song you just played or something. Sure, it's sure. It's literally that. Um, <laughs> guilty or not guilty? You're definitely guilty of something. I just can't figure uh, out yeah, what. Definitely guilty. Damn it. Yeah, it's just how guilty. Yeah, it, it's that song is like a Frankenstein of other songs. <laughs> like other, it's confusing. Yeah, I heard like "Love Will Keep Us Together," "Somebody's Baby." Like, there's a couple different songs that are Frankenstein together with those lyrics uh, on top of it. And that was actually that, that was the original title track for Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why they didn't go Luigi's with it. Mansion legitimately has some great music. At least th- it does, the third yeah. one does. I don't know. Uh, but that, yeah, that production is like crazy tight. That's yeah. where the 80s part comes in. But if it, were, if it weren't for that, how tight and snappy the production is, like that song could fit in the 70s. Like Abby was saying, it's, it's right like, on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, am I guilty, Matt Longo? Yeah, no, you're guilty. 100%. <laughs> oh, you're guilty. shit. All I right. love that there was no hesitation from you. We both doubled down. <laughs> God no, damn it. No, I get why you like it. It's boppy. It's but, like, boppy. you know, it's. Yeah. All right. Moving right along then. Uh, this next this next song here. This is a band I never, like, I had always heard the name and just always blocked it out. I'm like, oh, not for me. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do that. No interest for no reason. Just some some bias with no, no good reasoning behind it. Uh, the band is Counting Crows. Uh, mm. This is going to be divisive, man. It's a song. All right. Well, here's the deal with Counting Crows. I never thought about them at all. I watched the uh, the show on Hulu, The Bear. Their song, um, Baby, I'm a Big Star Now, plays prominently in season two. I'm like, this song's fucking great. Yeah. And then I see it's by Counting Crows. Oh, cool. And then I enjoy that song. That's not what I'm bringing in here. I don't feel guilty about that at all. That's a great tune. Uh, they wrote a song for Shrek 2. <laughs> Are you okay. with me so far here? I, know, I thought, yeah. This is a song that just came up recently. Maybe Huimin was watching a show. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of good. This has got like a good hook. Who, which band is this? Um, like Counting Crows for the, they did this for the Shrek 2 soundtrack. What? Uh, it's a song called Accidentally in Love. Yeah, I know this. Song. That's Counting Crows? <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, I'm going to play it for, for all of us now here. I think, you know, mm. if you forget that it was written for the Shrek movie, I think this this deserves some uh, some genuine appreciation, or maybe you'll disagree. You'll say it's too, whatever. But uh, this is Counting Crows here, accidentally in love. I'm gonna listen with open ears, open mind. So 
course. Yeah, it's got hooks. It's got hooks. Come on, come on, because everybody's after love. He's mouthing the lyrics. I mean, he knows these lyrics. Melting under blue skies, belting out sunlight, shimmering love. Baby, I surrender to the strawberry ice cream. Never, ever enter all this love. Well, I didn't mean to do it, but there's no escaping your love. They didn't phone it in. Got a bridge already? It's uh, tightly constructed. Are you guilty? Is the question. Yes, that is the question. Abby, what do you think? I hate that it's good. I hate <laughs> that it's good because I have beef with Counting Crows. I have beef with Counting Crows Whoa. because their cover of Big Yellow Taxi is one of the worst things I've ever oh, heard. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even heard it. I'm sure it sucks. So I'm having trouble. It's like, just picture everything you hate about the late 90s like cheese soft pop that is that big yellow taxi it is the sound of paradise being paved over for a parking lot um (sighs) you don't cover that song first it's like that's the one right yeah it does that little yeah well that's brutal that's a brutal song am i gonna have to forgive counting crows because this you know you only have to forgive me am i guilty (laughs) or not guilty you don't have to do anything you don't, yeah, it's just, I, here's my feeling. I think that you are guilty, but I do think that Fuck. song has hooks. Fuck you. Oh, the song is a banger, and I don't think you're guilty. Yeah. Oh, you're, wow. All you right. just played right. a song from a Shrek movie soundtrack to a Zoomer. Zoomers and Shrek sure. go together like this. <laughs> hey, millennials too, for that matter. Fucking hallelujah all day long. I don't care if it's that the John is... Cale version, the Rufus Wainwright version. <laughs> Shrek soundtrack hallelujah, I'm a little less forgiving of. Well, it sounds like a hung jury. It's a hung jury. I think you're one for one. I think that's the perfect way to yeah. describe it. And we got to go with the I'm guests. acquitted. We got to go with Abby, I think. I can dig it. Uh, moving right along and going in a very different direction now. This is, this is a 180. Uh, the band is called Japan. They're an 80s band. Okay. They're part of that new romantic movement or whatever. The album is called Tin Drum from 1981. They're a British group, but they're calling themselves Japan. I guess that was a little, you could get away with that or whatever. And you're so influenced by Japan that you'll sure. even enjoy just a British band sure. that Any, goes by Japan. Slap that branding on it. Yeah. No, this is uh, this band, I think they're mainly known for their last album, Tin Drum. It's doing some weird things for sure, sonically. And uh, David Sylvian was a member of the group, and he's Mr. Mm. Synth Sequencer mm. Experimenter guy. There's yeah. a lot of cool kind of cutting edge for the time electronic music ideas going on in the context of like 80s pop music. Uh, but it's all a little, you know, dated. A, a li- you know, it's very much of its time. But a couple of the tracks, they're kind of cool. It's weird though. Like the album cover is like one of the dudes with his 80s hair like – you know, eating a bowl of rice with chopsticks, and there's like a portrait of Chairman Mao behind him. Again, the band huh. is called Japan. I don't uh, know what's going on that's here. That's a problem. That sounds like yeah. a problem. Edward that's Said cool. would not be ha- happy about this. But sure. uh, the song, we're, we're judging this music only here. The song is called okay. Canton. It's in the region of China. It's an instrumental. 
again, a lot of, you know, dated things going on here, but there's something cool and hypnotic about this track. Can I enjoy it guilt-free? I don't know. I'm going to play it for you both here. You decide. It's going to be tough with all that context that you just gave us, but we'll try yeah, to we're, we're throwing that out of court. That's uh, sure. inadmissible. Yeah. Still got that Shrek song stuck in my head. <laughs> come on, Oh, it's going to be me for the rest of the night, unfortunately. <laughs> It's like the beginning of Bowie's China Girl or something, you know? Yeah, we're kind of on thin ice. That fretless bass. I actually kind of like this. so far uh i think it yeah i mean if it if, does it go anywhere or is just this kind of there's like vibe. a b section but it, it's an instrumental yeah okay it's like a mood yeah, I mean, piece if i thought that if i heard this was like peter gabriel or something maybe i would free of that context he just gave us maybe i'd dig it a little more i think it's cool as a as an instrumental all right so if you didn't know anything about the song you just heard me listening to it that's a guilt-free situation like yeah that like farty bass song is interesting uh abby what are your thoughts so far honestly if i just came across you listening to that and had no context for uh who made it i would honestly think you were listening to video game music (laughs) oh Sure. Because it doesn't really, it's like video game music in the sense that it, it's not that yeah. it doesn't go anywhere. It's that it, it's only allowed to go a certain amount because uh, it has to loop because right. sometimes the level mm-hmm. takes forever. Sure. True. Yeah, no, I get that completely. She's totally right. And you do like video game music, so that checks out. I do. I like some video game music. All that 8-bit stuff. All right. Well, am I going to jail or am I going home with this one? Is there an option to put you on probation? All right. So this is like <laughs> not guilty with some, I had to cut a deal. Yes. You had to take yeah. a plea deal. You got to bring in <laughs> sure. your Spotify rap to a parole officer. Sure, sure. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Well, so mixed results here so far. Mostly guilty, but sort of not. Maybe I'd just go for house arrest. <laughs> uh, mm. We're going to bring in the fourth and final track now. Okay. Uh, Matt, we actually discussed this track recently. As a matter of fact, I, I didn't really know about it before you mentioned it. And I kind of like, I listened to it uh, like a couple times now. I'm kind of, I, I might like it or enjoy listening to it, but I'm almost like, what the fuck is this? I'm so curious about what. The artist is Brian Ferry. <laughs> Abby's uh, 
looking aghast here. I know that name from somewhere, but I don't know where. Oh, he was the guy from Roxy Music. Roxy oh, Music. yeah. I think I have one of those records. Yeah. Mr. Smooth. All right. So a little bit about Brian Ferry. <clears throat> Roxy Music, great. Him as a vocalist in Roxy Music, great. I'm assuming he had some hands in writing or co-writing the songs. Fantastic. Uh, outside of that, when it's just him dressed up and singing, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, is he a great singer? Is he like yeah, yeah. a sex symbol? Like, what? Why am I? He's imp- like an attitude. What is he, Tom a... Jones? Like, why am I impressed he's, with he's this gone. guy? Sounds like Brian Ferry is a concept more than anything. <laughs> Brian Ferry is a concept. Every time I see him, I'm like, great, rooting for you. You seem like a funny, awesome guy. All right, in 2007, you're just recording an album of Bob Dylan covers. Oh, oh so, my God. This is this is Brian Ferry, the amazing vocalist. Like what? What? What is this? A, is a what crazy is, project. What is notable about this? I don't quite get it. Like it feels like he looks. He always comes off like he's playing a prank on everybody, which is great. But like, also write songs. If you're not writing songs, I don't under, quite understand it's what we're doing here. It's jarring to hear amazing vocalist and Bob Dylan in the same s- sentence. Abby, he's not an amazing <laughs> vocalist. He's just a weird vocalist. He's a s- smooth operator type. <laughs> he's like Matt Berry level of musically yeah, yeah, talented. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like just British comedian who happens to like fuck with music and it's fun. Huh. But like, no, he's just, this This is a big creative uh, statement from him. 2007, the album is called Dylan-esque. Uh, and Abby, he covers Positively Fourth Street. Oh, this is so funny. I'm so happy you brought this up. Do you, know, do you know the original? I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but of course I know original positively great, Fourth great, Street. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. You got it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he reimagines it. It's different. It's, oh, it's him. Oh, it's reimagined. But I'm like, why is this happening? Why? Where did this come from? But I kind of, I think I like it. I think it gives me like a new perspective on the song. I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm excited to share it with you guys. Yeah, This song has stuck with me because of a music review that I read about it when it came out where it said, he said, uh, it sa- it does, the song doesn't work because it sounds like Brian Ferry is mad at his butler for bringing him the wrong ascot, <laughs> which is true because it's like, you know, the, Dylan's, the Dylan version is like, you know, he's needling somebody. It sounds like there's this sort of a rawness to it. Like he's, he's like hurt. Um, this is not that... <laughs> I can't wait until I get to the point in my career where I can come up with something like that ascot line. I read stuff like that, and I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. Nailed it. Because you can just... You can just hear that. (laughs) Like, I believe to be a successful music critic, you have to have some comedy chops. Mm. Goes with the territory. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the, what is this shit? You know, like those lines that live <laughs> yeah. on forever, right? Was that Girl Marcus? A lot of Dylan-related one-liners. Sure. Well, he's he's a big boy. He's he's big yeah. in the in the rock world. Can't can't escape him. Brian Ferry gave up, just dedicating an, an album to him. Mm. Later in his career, you know, he's he's a more aged fella, and he's got some some world-weary uh, wisdom to share on this track, I suppose. Let's check it out. Say you are my friend When I was down You just stood there grinning You got a lot enough To say you got a hand to lend 
You just wanna be on the side that's winning You say I let you down You know it's not like that If you're so hurt Why then don't you show it I am intrigued by his rasp. I like I like the quality of his vocals. I, you know, I enjoy that. It's just that's not where jarring. You had no faith to lose, and you know it. Wadsworth, do you take me for such a fool? <laughs> Abby, what do you I think have about two that? thoughts. Um, number one, this kind of sounds like uh, nobody told Brian Ferry that Positively Fourth Street was by Bob Dylan. So he just sort of assumed <laughs> it was by Leonard Cohen and threw in like the oh. key, the very obviously not a grand piano keys and the mm. kind of choral backing vocals that are obviously just like a synth um, because it sounds like a weird Leonard Cohen cover. An 80s Leonard Cohen song. Mm. Yeah. Second thought, this sounds like the Grey's Anatomyification of Bob Dylan. Because you know how the Grey's Anatomy oh, soundtrack shit. is all like very heartfelt because it's doctors saving people's lives. It yeah, sounds yeah. like that, that, but show. it specifically yeah. sounds like the episode that was the musical episode where they made all the doctors sing. Yeah, mm. you're deeper in it than I am. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine that that would be good. I thought it was very bad. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, am I guilty or not guilty? Because I kind of like that might not be the last time I listen to that. <laughs> it's weird. It's just weird. I don't know what to do with it. Like, it's just, yeah, you're just, you're just a weird guy. I don't think you're guilty or not guilty. I mean. Abby? I think you're kind of guilty. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You, you were not guilty once. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. I, it sounds like I got to go under house arrest, which is not too different than this past week of mine anyway, what with the quarantining. So it sounds sure. like more of what I've been doing already. <laughs> yeah, people need to keep an eye on you with that playlist. <laughs> fuck. I wouldn't want you in my neighborhood. Which one of you was... Uh, I, this episode was a long time ago, so forgive me that I've completely forgotten. Who had My Sweet Lord on their workout playlist? Uh, I like <laughs> to listen to that on the It all the makes treadmill. sense now. <laughs> not working out too much. Is that a great, you know, I'm, not, I'm going up to 5.5. <laughs> I'm not going crazy here. That's when he gets his chant on at the gym. <laughs> my gym, guys, my gym closed. I got to go to fucking Planet oh, Fitness now. It's farther guy. away. Poor guy. Drive there. Their hours are more restricted. At least you don't have to listen to Guns N' Roses over and over. Yeah, again. no, it's it's not much better. <laughs> the shit they're playing. Uh, that is that's that's it. It sounds like uh, I'm guilty, but I get a light sentence. Yeah, yeah. light sentence. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. be yeah. We'll be back in society. You're forgiven. You yeah. are this, forgiven. <laughs> this is nothing 
like we was talking about that because we were just talking about rock and roll circus. You just accidentally whoever made the who quip, you just may accidentally made the perfect lead into my segment, but we will put that on ice. Oh, great. No, let's do it. Abby, no, what have you been listening ice. to this week? Yeah, there it is. Listen my opinion. So Par for the course of Vinyl Monday. I go really, really hard on one album for a week and then never listen to it again. So what happens is I get so wrapped up in the minutia of one album or one song uh, that there will be these moments that kind of stick with me. In the past few albums I've covered, just a lot of vocal ad-libbing has come up. Some of it better than others. Um, so I guess my segment today is called That Can't Have Been on the Lyric Sheet. And <laughs> we're also going to make some judgments. Is this ad lib good? Is it bad? Or is it so hmm. bad that it's good? Wow, that's great. You guys with the games today. Yeah, this was inspired by um, you guys' recent revisit of the Rock and Roll Circus. In which yeah. Mick J, during You Can't Always Get What You Want, delivers one of the best, worst vocal ad-libs I've ever heard. And, you know, after the, it tries some time, you might just find, get what you need. And then he just goes, bah! And it's so, <laughs> I can't, I can't hold it together. It's like some, some Jim he's Morrison trying, he's shit. trying to get himself up. I think he was just trying yes, to wake his band up. he was quite literally, yeah. you can see him, he's trying to wake himself and his band up because <laughs> I don't think they went on until like four in the morning or something ridiculous like uh. that. So I have a handful of songs here. So first one of the batch, we're going to start with, I think one that's a little more palatable, but a lot of people miss because they can't tell what these guys are saying. So... You've got a lot <laughs> I'm going to be giggling about that. All I have a group chat with some of my college friends. Um, it's called the Umagama Council because one of us messed up and thought Umagama was the one with the cow on the cover. Um, but it's basically uh, our music chat. Mm. And we we share good stuff most of the time, but sometimes we share ridiculous stuff. I think that cover of... Bob Dylan is going to have to go in there. Hell yeah. Spread that. Again, he's got, he does uh, the time. Times they are a change. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, every song is like six minutes long. Yeah. yeah. All right, we are getting into the Who at the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus. A quick one while he's away. I picked this one just because it's a lead into your past episode and it's just an all time great performance of that song. It's ridiculous. But. There are these lines in the song that are just utterly ridiculous, and they can't have been on the lyric sheet. Well, I know for a fact they weren't, so... Oh, even more ridiculous than Iva, the engine driver. Yes, so... <laughs> okay. Let's take it away. And so the game is, we're... Obviously, these weren't on the lyric sheet. We're judging if they pulled this off, if this yes. works in the performance or not. Okay. Mm. All right, cool. So the song is a quick one while he's away. It's The Who... Uh, it's a song with many different sections, so it's like seven and a half minutes long. And yeah, it's a yeah. bunch of mini songs slammed together. Yeah, and this is the uh, the middle chunk here. We'll soon, we'll soon, soon, soon be home. Soon be Don't they all just look 
groovy here. They're so young. Great Oh, yeah. yeah. No, this is like peak. So the lead into this chapter, the guys wanted to have a cello, they couldn't afford it. So instead, they said... And the rest is history. I mean, this 100% works. So instead of having a cello, they just said cello over and over and over again. And they never bothered. It's perfect. It kind of does the job of filling the space out nicely. And there's it. That's your ad lib. First one, cello, cello, cello. Damn, that performance is just lightning. That's tops, I think. How do we feel about it? Well, so it's not an ad lib in the context of that one night they sang it that way and never did it again. It's that's in the like, context that's of how the song. song's written. It was an ad lib at first, and then no one it's cared. A, it's like a compositional yeah, no one cared to change yeah. it. Mm. Uh, and it works because it's like a great example of a limited budget just inspiring the greatest creativity because it's so – I don't want to hear an actual <laughs> cello in it. I want to be able to sing along with them going cello, cello, cello. Yeah. So that's like a no-brainer. That's It's just perfect. And it works because the song is also like a bit goofy, like you said, with the, you know, Ivor the Engine Driver and all that stuff. I know there are like other dark undertones just from reading about Pete Townsend, uh, the reason he wrote it, but I think it's like... Yeah, it's about infidelity. Yeah, without that context, it's, you know, this is a bit of a cartoonish vibe to it. So I think it works perfectly. It's not like you're... It's not like they're doing that in a Leonard Cohen song. Like it's, you know, it's not super serious. So I, I think it, it works perfectly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it allows them to kind of get the let out in the... Uh, energetically in the performance too because like you tell they're all excited about that part they really enjoyed doing it so yeah that's like yeah that might be peak yeah. ad lib here so we're starting off on a good note okay yes we are mm. is it all downhill from here <laughs> it might be who knows so our next one it's funny that you mentioned jim morrison because we had a whole um Segment on Doors List, Jim Morrison, my first time around this part. We missed him. Um, doors List. Yeah. Sans doors. <laughs> Door down, I think one of you said. Um, but this time we're looking at a song with Jim Morrison. We're looking at the title track of L.A. Woman. Uh, what? <laughs> what is his ad lib in this song? I, I figured this is what I thought of when he brought the subject up. <laughs> I, I've singled out something here. Um, Great. It's like in the last minute or so of the song. We might have to go a few seconds right. before my um, my timestamp to catch it because it's blink and you'll miss it. But once you hear it, you can't unhear it, and it's we'll just get there. All right. I think I know what you're talking about, and if I, if it is what you're talking about, then then yeah, we're on the same okay. page. All right. The song is "L.A. Woman" by The Doors, 1971. Yeah. Uh, the album "L.A. Woman." This is Jim Morrison's last stand here. I, this song is very easy to make fun of, but I also I, I still like it. I think it's incredible. He's really getting ramped up here. <laughs> He's feeling himself. And he gets amped up to hit it. Yeah. That's the sound of alcohol, Abby. I hate to break it to you. 
Why is that so memorable? It's so unhinged. <laughs> door off the hinges. I, well, door, door is blown off the hinges. Oh, hell yeah. Why is that such a memorable sound? Because the second you brought it up, oh, that's what I thought of that. <laughs> what? It does sound like Carolyn Lyon. That's the perfect descriptor. I'm just sitting here thinking, what possessed him to do that? And why did, in my opinion, glug, 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 glug. in my opinion, why does it work? No, it no does one work. else can pull I, that Yes, off. it does. Yeah, I think most would be embarrassed by that, that they had made that sound not only publicly, <laughs> but on the recording forever. They could have done another take. They just chose not it's to. It's like burping into the mic. Yeah, it's... Uh, he doesn't have the most uh, dynamic vocal range in the world. And by this point, the the whiskey and the cigarettes, like they've just totally done a number on his what vocal cords. Is it but, Blue Sunday? I mean, if you isolate those vocals, I thought Jim's voice was quite lovely. He's got a couple where he sounds like yeah, Sinatra. Yeah, that's the one. I want him know? as my vocalist. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in terms of the notes he mm. can sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's no virtuoso. You know, you love him. You, you, we, as we established last time we talked here, you definitely miss him when he's gone. L.A. Woman is like one of his more wild, drunken, yeah. just out of control songs, certainly vocally. Uh, and it's, it's just true to life. It's like there's like no mask or filter at that point. He is just – he's naked in front of that microphone. That, that's what he could stir up in that moment vocally. Like that's what we get. You know, it's funny. But it's also just still kind of awesome. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah, cards it's on the table. Rock and roll, man. Yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of sound a little bit like he's starting to throw up. Maybe oh, a bit. no. Yeah, he sounds, it's a little oh, bit, sounds like he's ill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to, never going to unhear that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I think now we're transitioning into the ones that are maybe. A little more divisive. We have some T-Rex fans in the room. Yeah, both of us. Hell yeah. I, I evaluated Electric Warrior pretty recently. Uh, I only really knew the hits. And then we get to rip off the last song on the record. It's a rip off. Um, and there's this bit in rip off that I still don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> and I want to know how you feel about it. Huh. This can't have been I... on the lyric sheet number three. Let's do it. It's about a minute or so in. I don't know what you're talking about yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I thought you were going to do the one, two, buckle my shoe <laughs> thing from Jeepster. All right, so we'll go a minute in to, uh, to rip off here. Classic album, classic artist. I was like, you ever see the YouTube video of that woman that's stomping grapes and she falls over? You know no, what I'm talking I don't. about? There's a, we can play, we should I play the I sound, need, Thomas, yeah. if you can find it. It's a we're viral just, video. We're the, playing viral videos now? Yeah, that's what we're going to turn <laughs> what into. We're turning into a clip show, like equals three. This lady was stomping grapes on like a television show like some report with some reporter and then she falls over and she makes this noise she's like oh oh oh, oh. you know what i have seen this <laughs> it's Let's very play famous it again. Yeah. it's very famous so it sounds exactly like it that sounds like mark bolin scatting on ripoff okay <laughs> very impassioned scatting though yeah no no he's he's going for it this gusto <laughs> what he's going for i'm not totally sure all right wow 
how our standards have fallen. Uh, this is this song. This next song is "Grape Lady Falls," <laughs> original, uh, uploaded by Pio Puft thirteen years ago. Well, this is kind of like a John Cage esque question. Like, where do you draw the lines between music and just noise? I think or here, sound? this is where you draw the line. This is the line. It's a lot of fun. A whole day. Stop. She knocked the wind out of herself. But yeah, it sounds exactly yeah, like that's a good call. I, I honestly didn't believe you. And then like, the first oh, I was like, okay, I can cut here, and then it just kept going. Wait, play the song yeah, again now so we can compare. We need to compare and contrast. <laughs> Let's circle back. Yeah, because maybe Mark Boland influenced Grape Stomping Lady. Oh god! But nobody's made that correlation yet. Yeah, yeah, it's one to one. It's not even like a little different. That's exactly the same. I'm glad we established that. Otherwise, he's a little Bobcat Goldthwait for most of that. But right, so how do we feel? Does it ruin the mood of the song, or does it make it? No, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's, incredible. It's, no he's notes. going wild. <laughs> he's smashing grapes. No, he's falling out of the bucket after smashing grapes. That's right. Correct. I don't see how we're going to top it. We are going to top it, I promise you. Oh, so, shit. London Calling, two left one here. of the great double albums of all time. The C side, I think it is. No, or B side. Of one, I think... Mm, this is the problem with me listening to an album for a week straight and then never listening to it again. I forget what sides of the record things are on, but there is just this run of songs. Um, uh, Clamp Down, Guns of Brixton rounds mm -hmm. out that first disc. And in there is The Right Profile. It's a song about disgraced actor Montgomery Clift. And in the last part of the song, about three minutes in, Joe Strummer chooses to act out Montcom Montgomery Clift's... I'm laughing so hard at the grapes, I just can't keep it together. Montgomery Clift. He decides to act out Montgomery Clift's death. And this is how he oh does boy. it. I don't remember this. I feel like song I know is the right well. profile. Yeah, I haven't heard the album in forever. I mean, it's it's a classic, you know, one of the greats of all time. But there's a lot of songs. There's there. a lot. Yeah, and Abby's right. Like I, I played it out for myself. This one, like I, I listen to it constantly. So I haven't listened in a decade, over a decade. Joe Strummer's the one who sounds really drunk all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Or like he's just got something in his throat, something in his mouth. Yeah. Right. But you know what has more songs than London Calling? Tangent, Sandinista. Oh, my God. Sandinista. That one's That's exhausting. That's hard to get through that whole thing. But we're, now we're focusing on London Calling, a moment from the right profile. Can I play yeah, that back, just, folks? I need to hear we that. We went right into that. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be so soon. That might be the best one really? so far, I think. It feels the most artistically <laughs> intentional. It's so in the pocket of the song. 
Yeah. You know, it sounds like one of the instruments. <laughs> you know, he's just he's just in it. Because he's he's yeah. telling that story too. It's it's like serving mm. that purpose. Yeah, that one oddly, like even though he sounds the most inebriated <laughs> out of all these guys, like that sounded the most like like put together, like practiced. It was the most even. Joe Strummer thing he could have possibly done, really. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't on the lyric sheet, but he like stood in front of the mirror and acted it out a few times. Yeah, yeah, he had to rehearse it <laughs> privately. Because I feel like he would have only got, like, one really good take of that before just everyone in the room lost their minds. It would have been <laughs> difficult to get through another take of that. Yeah, and it'd feel false, I think, if you tried yeah. to, like, redo it. Especially someone like him, who's like seemed like a real instinct musician. I don't think he would have uh, been able to recapture it. Yeah, that was, that was a great one. Man, no, so this has been, uh, this has just been a roller coaster. It's getting <laughs> yeah. better and better here. Well, I guess we're we're rounding things out with your your last pick here. This is either like the drop of the roller coaster or the loop de loop that you kind of lose your slushy on. Most recent Vinyl Monday I've done as of recording this was Sly and the Family Stone. There's a riot going on. The production was mm. notably embroiled in ungodly amounts of drugs. Um, so Sly is just sort of like ranging from stone to completely strung out this entire time. And there's this song on the record called Spaced Cowboy. Spaced Cowboy. Yeah, yeah the riot is, is that's a riot going on on Blanking. Is that like a double album or it's just, it feels it's like It's a one. single album, but it honestly feels like a double album because there's so much happening. Um, and this is one of the last songs just utterly, I wouldn't say deranged, but completely out of the cuff Kanye West level trolling uh -oh. um, and a good half of this song isn't this couldn't have been on the lyric sheet there's no fucking mm. way so any point of Space Cowboy we can just jump right in I didn't have a timestamp because the whole thing is just ridiculous well, let's, let's play it from the top Spaced Cowboy I love that bass. Hotel lobby drum machine, I have to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like we're walking into the weirdest Western theme hotel ever. So funky. Marker Starling loves this one. Oh, hell yeah. It's like the song will start, just chill, like it's that kind of vibe. Maybe yeah. someday. <laughs> like this part, I was really getting into this groove. That's great. It's amping up to something. It's all time great track here. All right, Sly, what do you have to say? That's fantastic. That's great. That's just his credit. Yeah. 
cowboy hat. Sounds so fucked up. <laughs> the yodeling is like the most coherent part of it. <laughs> it is. It, it's such a um, patchwork, a loving patchwork of influences. You know, like I don't think I, I, I was talking to somebody recently. They were like, "Oh, he, the one where he's making fun of like country and western music." I, like I didn't take it like that at all. I thought it was just like sort of like a loving. He's embracing callback it. to a style that he. Yeah, I, I love that track. That's probably, that's probably my favorite song out of the songs that you've played um, today, which might be weird to say, but... Uh, uh, I yeah. might back you up on that. It, it is, it's one of my favorites from that album, even though it's kind of a weird B-side. That I definitely wasn't expecting. <laughs> because I like his like, yodeling. I was getting so into this groove, and then, you know, it's kind of... He took you out. It was kind of amping up, and then, okay, Sly, what do you have to say? And then he comes out with that, and I'm like... This is a joke, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is tossed off. And then it just kept happening. And I don't... And you can also tell if you listen to that vocal track. Um, he recorded most of those vocals just laying in bed with a little handheld mic. And you can definitely <laughs> tell because the audio is clipping out on some of those... Oh, <laughs> oh but you love it. That's like my favorite part of it. And I still can't decide if this makes the song for me because it's objectively hilarious or if it totally ruins that groove that I had going. Uh, I don't know. I love it. I think I love it. I, 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 I love it too. It's unexpected and he does so many different styles well. And I, I love it so much, I think, because you can tell he's enjoying himself so much. And then it's, it's not... Um, like a mean-spirited, like picking on another genre or whatever. There's nothing mean-spirited about Sly Stone and music, but yeah. That was the thing about him. He embraced all music regardless of where or who it came from. Yeah. Total eclecticism in yeah. that band. I. It's like, it starts out great yeah. groove, really kind of promising corporation. <laughs> promising. I do agree with you that <laughs> it's like, you could have taken that song in a completely different direction yeah. and it could have been like another hit for the band. And he didn't do that. He made it like weird B-side, like for the f <laughs> weird fans only who want to hear something off the walls. Like it does firmly cement it in like a different place. It's like, a different it, category. Yeah. It's a, it's a fan's It favorite. takes it away from like being a classic, but for people with weird tastes, like uh, at least Matt and me, we're like, oh, hell yeah. Like we're all about it 50 years on. <laughs> 50 years of space yodeling that's what it's all about I can't think of another <laughs> space yodeling song actually neither can I so what have we learned today I feel like I learned a lot but also nothing at the same time <laughs> yeah I learned Thomas is still walking around feeling guilty and that it's justified you'll, you'll never top that uh, what's his name Dean Friedman Dean Friedman with Ariel Jeez. yeah that's, that's Abby listen to that song. track when you get a chance Dean Friedman, Ariel. It's like Ariel. It's oh, a story. It's always, song. It's, it's a story. It is indeed a story. You'll, you won't get it out of your head. Uh, yeah, I learned I gotta sit under house arrest for another <laughs> few months here, I guess. But no, I also I 
learned that I really like vocal ad libs. Like pretty much everything you showed me here, I'm yeah. like, that, that, that <laughs> makes the song better. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I remembered all of them. I think because it's like, you know, the ones you chose, it's, uh, you chose such good ones because I wasn't sure why I was remembering. Even as you said the song, I'd be like, oh, it's that sound. But it's like, why is that sound somehow important to the song or important to me? Even if I was amused by it, I think of that sound when I think of the song, like particularly the LA woman noise. It's like, it's funny if you examine it too much and then you're like, wait, but it's like a real integral part of the song. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I love that we're calling uh, it the LA woman noise the because LA we woman can't noise. classify it as anything else. Yeah. We can't spell that. <laughs> no. Nope. No. Abby, did you learn anything on uh, today's episode? I, I learned about the existence of that, Truly bizarre Italian mm. 80s synth pop song that <laughs> sounds like my oddly realistic dream plans. I learned that Counting Crows did the best song on the Shrek 2 soundtrack, which now I'm like reevaluating my stance on Counting Crows. Like, <laughs> was I too hard on them? I absolutely wasn't. Big Yellow Taxi cover still sucks. Um, and I learned about that grapes video and i think i learned i had space cowboy at the end because i thought it was the funniest no no mark bolin and ripoff turns is out. absolutely <laughs> the funniest of the yeah and it turns out we just love that song you know yeah yeah so i learned a lot today <laughs> this is highly educational <laughs> Not not quite as educational as a Vital Monday video, but uh, we're getting yeah, there. Yeah, no, we didn't do the same, almost the same level of research that we bring to our <laughs> podcast. Some real highbrow content That's that right. I'm a part of all around. <laughs> uh, so this episode comes out Valentine's mm. Day. Anybody got anything they want to plug? Actually, I will have just done that vinyl Monday that I was dancing around in the beginning. Uh, kind of funny that you said I was on the jazz train because I've just mm. covered a Love Supreme at this point. Whoa. Um, bang, bang, and bang, next bang. we're kind of doing a hard reset back to psych rock before circling around, not quite back to riot territory, but it's got something to do with there's a riot going on. Mm. Um, I like these little mini plot lines within Vinyl Monday. They're fun. Um, so if you want to hear me be completely inarticulate, but still deeply reverent to maybe the greatest jazz album recorded ever, then check out youtube.com slash Abigail DeVoe. It's a pretty fun place. Yeah. It is <laughs> Most a, of the time. Uh, yeah. I would say you are deeply articulate, uh, on all of your episodes, I think. So you're, you're, and you're very reverent. Uh, yeah, you're you're always so, like so respectful of the subjects, but also you give your take on it, and it's enjoyable. And yeah, if any of our listeners haven't heard that yet, I've heard of Vinyl Monday yet. You, you gotta you gotta check that out. There's not there's not a lot of YouTube channels like it. I I can't really think of any others. No, <laughs> definitely not. And Thin Lear, you got any shows? Uh, at that point, March 9th, come see me uh, in Montclair. New Jersey. I will be at Silver Stream Studio on March 9th. I think the show is 8 p.m. And uh, you out there in podcast listener land, if you enjoyed this episode today, please go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. You can leave us a rating or a review. You can follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or X. X. Sorry, my daughter's toy just went off. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's okay. I think there was a dog squeaky toy far down the hall around like the who cello 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 time. I definitely heard it. I don't know if you can. Hopefully the cellos drowned it out. <laughs> the lack of cellos drowned it out. And uh, what did I put forth here? Brian Ferry, I don't quite understand it. I kind of don't, but, you know, positively 4th Street. You, you could do worse in the land of Dylan's covers. You certainly could. And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't, I think you could do a lot worse than that. I love, I love Brian Ferry. Oh, I get him. I understand the man. Uh, I'll say thank you, Abby, for doing this again. We thank hope you, to have Abby. you back. Maybe not next year. Maybe we'll have you back soon. <laughs> Maybe a little sooner. It'll be great. <laughs> thank you so much for having me back. This this was yeah, a lot was of fun. Life. That's definitely the hardest I've laughed on a podcast. That's great. <laughs> um, I'll say uh, so long, suckers. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Well, you might just find that you might just need.